children and, and hopefully kick some of the habits that they've been on. We do that, but also our main focus is to introduce them to Jesus Christ. And so when we say that, many of them nod, yep, I need Lord in my life. And so here's a story that I shared with the ladies, and I'm sure some of you have heard it before, but it's uh, worth repeating. There was this young preacher, and he pastored a rural church, and he had a young um, parishioner that had been very active in his church, and he hadn't noticed him at church for well over a month. And so he decided he was going to pay this young man a visit. And one evening, and it was cold, it was below zero, the wind was blowing, the snow was falling, he set out for this young man's home. He drove down a couple country roads, finally came to a long gravel driveway, went up the driveway to the man's home, got out of his car, knocked on the door. Young man came to the door, they exchanged a few pleasantries, hello, how are you, how's everything, come on in, it's cold outside. And the young man had a big blazing fire going in his fireplace. And so he pulled up two chairs and invited the pastor to come and sit down. And the pastor took off his jacket, hung it on the back of the chair, and leaned over close to the fireplace, warming up his hands, having been outside. And after about a minute or so, they both reclined in their chair, and they were just staring at the fire, watching the flames dance across the hot burning embers. Couple minutes passed, not a word has been spoken. And then again, the pastor, he got up out of his chair and he walked over to the fireplace and there on a metal stand was a pair of long tongs. He reached into the middle of the fire and pulled out one of those hot burning embers and he placed it up in the right hand corner of the fire box in the hearth there, hung the tongs back up, sat back down. Both of them just stared, looking into the fire, feeling the warmth penetrating the room and the glow of the embers, just kind of a nice soft feeling where it actually could probably put you to sleep. They sat there for several more minutes. Not a word was spoken. (coughs) And as they looked, that ember that he placed in the corner now only started to flicker. The flame were only jumping off of it a little bit. And after a minute, the flame died, and it was just a faint amber glow. They both sat there, appreciating the heat coming off the fireplace. Finally, that lone ember, there was no glow, nothing there. It was actually cold to the touch. The pastor again got up, grabbed the tongs, (coughs) took that cold ember, placed it back into the middle of the fire where he originally got it. Sat back down, again, he'd been there 15, 20 minutes, not a word was spoken. They sat back in the chair, and he looked, and now that ember started to develop a little glow. And then the flames were jumping off of it. And finally, it was on fire, just like the rest of them. The pastor, he looked at his watch, says, well, it's time for me to go. And he got up out of his chair grabbed his jacket. The young man with a tear coming down his cheek says, 
Thank you for that silent sermon. I'm going to be at church next week. Amen. And that's what we want to do with the young ladies. We want them to be a part of something that is far more important than the Orange Church. But be a part of Christ's church. And we encourage each one of these ladies to do that. On Sabbaths that I can't go to jail, I'm sad and jealous of those who get to go that day. You see, the Holy Spirit is active in jail. The jail is Satan's playground. I've seen tough, proud young women transformed by the Holy Spirit into children of God who laugh when we sing the child song, This Little Light of Mine, and they do the little hand signs. I'm uplifted when I hear inmates say, I've accepted Saturday as a Sabbath, for they've been reading their Bible. We've never preached that the Sabbath is on Saturday, nor were we ever. We teach about the love of Jesus. Isaiah 49:15. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. The women are returning back to God after a long absence or sometimes have never known Jesus in their lives. But Jesus calls them first to himself. A young woman inmate told me that she used to listen to contemporary songs on the fish, the radio station, while she was transporting drugs with her boyfriend in Orange County. She realizes Jesus is real now and that Jesus loves her regardless of what she's done in the past. Praise God. You want to help? There's four ways. One, we list the, pr- uh, the prisoner's um, prayer requests on the bulletin door um, uh, outside in the foyer on, just on the way out. If you can take one name and pray for that person during the week and pray for the people that they're praying for themselves. Two, you can donate. Each Bible that we give in the jail is $2 and is $2 well spent. Some of them have never had a Bible in their life. There's a one woman uh, in jail currently. Her name is Shana. This woman... Every morning at 5.30 a.m. to 6.45, she has Bible study with 13 other women. And on the weekends, Saturday nights, Sunday nights, 9 to 10.30, they're studying about God. Third, if the Holy Spirit moves you to join us, then join us. Whatever fears you have, He can meet them all. And four, pray for us. Pray for the women. We're there at two on Saturday afternoons, and we're there at five. We can use your prayers. Thank you. Ever since I started this prison minister, I have faithfully attended every week the Lou assigned it to me. And during this time, I have learned a lot of good things.
good experiences. One of the things that I do when I get there, while some of us is talking, I sit there, and again, as somebody's talking, I'm watching the faces. I want to read in that facial expression some burns they have in their hearts, some concerns, some preoccupations. There are people that, there are girls that go there, and apparently they're happy to be there and let us to share the word of God with them. But there also are a few who are indifferent to us. It seems like uh, they are there because there's nothing else good to do. But they are there. Listen to the word of God anyway. And to that I say to myself, amen. But yet, there is another group. Girls that get there and in silence, they bow their heads and just listen to us. They don't say anything. They're quiet. And again, maybe because there is something in their hearts. And sometimes I wish I could know what they're thinking about. Something that I could help with. One time, I was inviting them to make a prayer request for them or for their family. Right there in the corner, there was a lady who raised her hand. And she said, please pray for me so I don't, want, so I don't have to come back to this place again. I don't like this place. And then while she was saying that, a few tears start rolling down her face. And she continues and says, I was here before. And as I said, I didn't like the place and I still don't like it. But here I am again, once again back. He says, I don't want to do the things I do. But it is like an invisible force comes to me and make me do what I don't want to do. And here I am again. But I don't want to do that. And as she was sharing with us that, I was really into listening to her so much that I almost learned word by word what she said. And here I'm reciting those words back after more than a year ago. Because it has a great impression on me. And she continues and said, Please help me because I don't want to come back again. Pray for me and pray also for my children so they won't have to follow my steps. This is sad, isn't it? Because here, well, this lady, you know, 90% of the ladies, or perhaps even more, are there because of drugs. So, as Charlie says, some are there for 
maybe a month or two or three, and some are for a longer time. So just about every time we go, we see new faces. But some are there, you know, we've been for a long time. Now, this lady said out of the things and then sat down. And as I was thinking, well, the pastor, I think, no, it wasn't the pastor at that time. I think a Lou or somebody else had to preach that day. I was thinking, you know, this is exactly what the devil does. He is so preoccupied, he's so busy. He's a cunning being, cunning creature. He's after us because we know, he knows that we got the truth. Doesn't he? He knows that we got the truth. So, so he's up to us all the time. So I think, I thought about that moment too, and many times about where Peter, what did he do? He denied the Lord when he had said he was not going to do it. Didn't he? He said he was not going to deny it, but he did deny the Lord. So now it's our turn here. I'm asking you, please, as Jaime have said, every week, Kathy and Teresa, they post this prayer request on the web. And also there is a list over here. Please pray for them. Now in a few minutes, an offering is going to be collected. I'm appealing to your benevolence. So put that money there because we need Bibles. We don't have any Bibles now. We don't have Bibles now. They are gone. So I'm saying thank you before you do that. Remember these ladies. They need us. But most of all, they need Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church family. Happy Sabbath. My name is Kamara Taylor, and I'm very grateful to be here today. One second. If you don't mind, I'm going to take this off. Last time I spoke in church, my legs wiggled, and it was a problem. So, sorry. I don't want to do that today. I want to share the love of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's so good to be here today. I'm from Costa Mesa, Seventh-day Adventist Church, and um, I love my prison ministry partners. We have such a good time going into the prison. Oh, we have a Sabbath after Sabbath. Um, It's nothing like you could ever imagine. God is so good. Right now, I'd like to ask you to bow your head so we can pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you asking for clean hearts and a right spirit. Pour out your spirit in this church, Lord. Baptize all of us with the Holy Spirit. Open our hearts, Lord, so that the words that we hear today, your words, will be transforming words, life-changing words. Hide me, Lord, behind your grace and speak to your children today, Lord. We need you 
and we seek your face this morning. We are all your children. We are all valuable to you, Lord. No matter where we find ourselves today, we are all special to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the most popular disciples is Simon Peter. Well, he's one of them. Peter means rock or stone. Like all the other disciples, Peter was asked to leave everything behind and follow Jesus. Ultimately, Peter would be the rock Jesus would build his church on. Please turn to me. Please turn with me in your Bibles. I believe there's Bibles in the pews. If you didn't bring a Bible today, you're going to need your Bible. We're going to walk through scripture this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Matthew 4, verse 18, 18 through 22. Lord, please pour out your spirit. Please, Father. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Like Peter, Jesus is calling us to follow him this morning. This is the beginning of our intimate relationship with him. He comes to live on the inside of us. And through the Holy Spirit and by him, we allow him to live. We follow him into prisons, hospitals, wherever the need may be, wherever the broken souls are that need to receive his love and reconciliation. Peter left everything and began to follow Jesus. Jesus taught them about God, who is all of our fathers. He showed them that God was love and we also should walk in love and care for one, one another. In Matthew 14, 28 through 32, please turn with me there. Amen. We find the disciples in the middle of a storm. And just like in our lives, Jesus comes walking on the water to save them. He's always there in the midst of trials and tribulations. We just need to keep our eyes on him, no matter what storm arises. When Peter recognized it was the Lord, he bid him to come to him. And the Lord said, come. Peter did walk on water. And as his faith led him, he became proud and turned to see what other people were thinking. 
about his accomplishments, going into prison ministries and talking to people and feeling safe because we feel like we know the Lord and maybe others don't. So when he turned to look back at the boat at the other disciples, he fell. And he hollered out, Lord, save me. Taking his eyes off Jesus for one moment caused him to sink. He had not learned that it was Jesus abiding in him that gave him the power to accomplish anything in life by faith. In Matthew 16, 15 through 19, please turn with me there. It is God who reveals himself to us and draws us to him through the Holy Spirit. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, nor flesh and blood have revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. As the Lord did for Peter, he has also introduced himself to us as Lord and Savior. But we are oftentimes still unaware of what his will for our lives is because it's usually so different than what we might want. But as you seek his will for your life, ask Jesus what it is he wants you to do in and through your life. And he revealed it, and he'll reveal it to you as he did for Peter. In John 13, 4 and 9, can you please go there with me? He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus is teaching what it means to follow him. He shows that we must put others first. Humility, gentleness, and a willingness to be a servant to others. A couple verses down, 12 through 16. Please go there with me. 
So after he washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Jesus continues to share what will happen to him and the true state of the disciples that were following him in verses 33 through 35. Can we go there? Little children, yet a little while, I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. How often have I felt secure in Christ only to find myself acting in a matter that doesn't quite express my love or my trust or my faith in him? So after he had washed their feet, I'm in verse 12. And had taken his garment and was set down, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done? You call me Master the Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord, Master, have washed your feet, you also have to wash at another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done. Verily, verily, I say unto you that the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy you are if you do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread, he hath lifted up his hill against me. And we know that oftentimes, even though we are walking with God, we don't understand his message. We don't understand his will for our lives. Jesus goes on to tell them that he would be crucified. And Peter, he had a conversation with Peter, and Peter said, this would never happen. I will stand first for you, Lord. I will not let them kill you. I will not let them crucify you. And the Lord had to rebuke him because God is God. And his plans stay. And his plans are firm. And no one can change God's plans. Even in our own lives, God has a plan for your life. And he is the mighty orchestrator. And he said in everything in place, that you might be who he called you to be, each and every person here today. 
I can relate to Peter in so many ways. As I begin to realize that Jesus sent me to the prison to share the love of God with those who are broken, because I was broken. I feel like he sent me there to the prison to share his love, to, re- to release me from the prison of self. self-independence, self-centeredness. As I testify about the love of God, I begin to realize that he loved me very much and wanted to set me free from myself and all the bad decisions I had been making, which led me to the prison I found myself in, the prison of non-belief, the prison of works, and trusting in my ability. I had not learned to cease from working, And entering into God's rest. Jesus says to us in his word, come all to me who are heavy laden and burdened. And I will give you rest. We need to rest in God's finished work, family, by faith. The more I shared with inmates the need to trust God and enter into a personal relationship with him, I realized that's what I needed to do. Trusting God to make me happy, to supply my needs, even to change the things in me that needed to be changed. In a relationship, sorry, in a relationship, we seek to please the individual we love, not seek to please self. When we serve self, we are resting in the flesh. And when we put our trust in Jesus, we are resting in the spirit. We need to seek his counsel in everything instead of planning our own will and our own lives, but submit to a relationship where he is your master. And you follow his plan, not the plans we made for ourselves. Then we can get out of these prisons, prisons of self. Self-will. There are no bars. We've been locked up in self. Jesus came to set the captives free. All of us. I love going to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. God sent his only begotten son to die for our sins, to save us because he loves us so much. Because ultimately, I've discovered that I am the one, I'm the main one being ministered to. I've entered into a relationship with God where I no longer follow my will, my wants, or my desires, but the will of my Father, God. I ask him what he wants me to do next and what his will is for my life. I no longer assume to know what is right for me and others. I seek his wisdom and direction. I have ceased to work and entered into the rest of his completed work. A hundred percent compliance. I obey the things he asks me to do, not the things I want to do. My flesh is dead. Like Peter, I learned that there is nothing in me to accomplish God's will, but my faith. 
I love him, and by his grace, through the Holy Spirit, I am able to follow him. Jesus said, if you have done it for the least of these, you have done it for me. What have I gotten out of following Jesus? That he lives in each and every one of us through the Holy Spirit, by faith, to the degree that we allow him to to live, even a sinner like me, saved by grace. Thank you. Now I'm going to ask you if you would please bow your heads as I pray. Lord, make us an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that we might not so much seek to console as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Jesus, thank you for your spirit today, Lord. Church family, right now, I would like to rededicate my heart to God. And if you feel in your heart that any part of this message spoke to you, and even though you love God, and we all do, we need to turn our lives over to him and rest. If you've been working and planning your own life out, and you haven't asked God, to be in an intimate relationship with you and through his grace by faith teach you to lean and depend on him, you can ask him today. I'm asking those to recommit their lives today. I'm asking those who have never entered into a relationship with God to do that today. It will let you out of the prison of self that you find yourself in. And no one can do it for you but Jesus. So I'm not going to ask you to stand and come forward. But I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up. And all of heaven can see. And your heavenly father can see. And that is all that matters. So right now, if you like to rededicate your life. Grow closer. Allow him to live and stop living. Or just as your first time ever accepting him, just raise your hand up right now because God can see it and he'll come into your life and you'll never be the same. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God, Lord Almighty, King of Kings. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory and all the praise. May your name be magnified. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen.
Who says all the ministers are in the conference? I want to thank Kamara. We were sharing a little bit up before we, she came on. She was shaking like a leaf. But we prayed and we asked for the Holy Spirit to come and take a hold of her. And yes, you can see what the Spirit can do. Amen? Right. Before we, uh, I ask you about your tithes and offering, and some of you might be looking at the clock and it's seven minutes past 12 o'clock. So what? When we give a little time to the Lord, great things happen. And I'm going to ask you now that uh, you give to the Lord what belongs to the Lord, which is our tithes and our offerings. But the offerings today, I'm going to be a little more partial. I would like for you to reach deep into your pockets. And I don't want to see or hear any change. I want the silent type. Make a contribution so that individuals that are in prison can take this little book called the Bible, that it may change their lives forever. And I envision this wonderful plan that when we get to heaven, there's going to be a mass amount of people coming to one another and saying, because of the grace of our Lord and because of you, I am here. What a wonderful reward that's going to be. So at this time, I'm going to ask the deacons to come forward. Let's pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, as we heard this beautiful message today, we truly are nothing in this life, Lord, if not by the grace of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We might think we have all things, Lord, but in reality we have nothing. If we do not have our Lord, Jesus Christ, in our lives. For in having him, Lord, we will look to others that are in greater need. Although sometimes we cannot go to the prison, we can't take the time, but we can contribute, Lord. So I ask that my brothers and sisters today will give with a hearty heart. So that the word of God can go out and be preached to the ends of the world, Lord. And sometimes the end of the world, for many, is this cell, an eight by eight, Lord. But we ask that we might free them from the trials and tribulation that come from the world, Lord. And they might know our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you and we praise you in your heavenly name. Amen.